It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors pick up a gritty, very fun win over the Chicago Bulls. And Michael Jordan Wara or Jordan Scora, whatever we're calling him, cannot be stopped. We're getting all that, plus the future of Gary Trent Jr. on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January the 31st, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website. That's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can join us over on the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. As always, it's free to join, and we'd love to see you join us over there with our little Lockdown Raptors youtube family uh of course you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on the audio side of things you know apple spotify etc etc if you're a google podcast listener get off of it i think they're closing it this year so find a new platform when you do find that platform again subscribe follow rate review tell a friend it's much appreciated when you support the show however you support the show and of course you can join us over on youtube subscribe to the channel hit the little notification bell and you will get a heads up every single time the show is premiering over there on the tube also when shows go live perhaps in reaction to breaking trades it's all there go check it out all right on today's show we are digging into a very fun 118-107 win for your very short-handed Toronto Raptors with lots of positive signs to show for this victory over old friend DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. We're here to break it all down to talk about Gary Trent Jr.'s big night, the good, the bad, the hmm, and everything we loved about this game is the God of the Game recap from over at Raptors Republic. It's Jamar Hines. Jamar, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I think I'm sort of working towards getting the lighting situation figured out in this office. Still not fully there. We'll get there, I promise. But there were some comments about how they liked the sexy mood lighting yesterday. So maybe we'll keep it like this, nice and dim and uh, you know, mood-driven for the rest of the show's run. We'll see. Either way, Jamar, fun win over the Bulls last night. Uh, maybe not an expected one, considering they've been on a very bad slide. I think they've lost five in a row. And or maybe even more than that. And they had won one of their last nine with Yaka Pertle out of the lineup. No Yaka again, hopefully inching towards the return. I believe their next game is on Friday. Maybe we get to see him then. Um, we'll see. He will make a big difference. But the Raptors still pull this one out. Lots of fun little bits from this game to dig into, of course. And I think that's just kind of where I want to go here. This was a fun game. We haven't had a lot of these of late. 
The Hawks game was fun in its own way, but obviously heartbreaking at the end. Uh, so let's just kind of take this first segment to go rapid fire through some of our favorite little bits. We'll just go one for one. Jamar, what is your favorite little bit number one from this game against the Chicago Bulls? Well, this is going over a stretch of two games now, but, you know, you kind of nailed it in the intro. It's uh, Jordan Wara. Um, I did not know much of anything about him before he came to the team and didn't know how much he would play. But starting with the Hawks game, he finally got double-digit minutes for the first time. And, yeah, just seeing – being surprised at all the things he can do offensively. You saw a lot of playmaking in the Hawks game where he had six assists along Mm -hmm. with nine boards and 24 points. Uh, He didn't have any assists in this game, but he has a really quick release. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. the first thing I noticed. Yeah. He, I mean, he catches and the ball's gone. And you saw him catch and shoot. You saw him like even coming off a screen, like, like you know, a legit shooter coming off a screen and kind of like drifting and still getting the shot off. Um, he's able to, he's able to drive a little bit. Um, there is a, that one play on Jalen Terry where he almost got posterized. <laughs> I, I I feel like he brought a lot of energy to even the even the bench because mm-hmm. uh, that's something I've noticed this season. And Dennis Schroeder touched on it like a, a month or so ago, where you know guys on the bench are not really excited for their teammates and you know and, and stuff like that. But I felt like I didn't get to see much of the Hawks game, but I felt like for me this was the first time where I saw guys continuously excited on the bench and. I felt like he brought a lot of energy in in regards to that. It was it, it was really cool, but yeah, I'm just I don't know what the Raptors' plans are regarding Wara because obviously he's a free agent at the end of the season. But mm-hmm. this is a guy that should be in the he's sh- like the two games he's shown. This is a guy that should be in the rotation even when uh, RJ and quickly come back because you know you're kind of wondering about the bench and you know it being kind of iffy, but. He's been an instant offense kind of guy, and he can yeah. play make a little bit. You know, I, I I like what I'm seeing from Aura. Yeah, man, he's been a ton of fun. I, I think with him, you know, he does two things the Raptors badly need. One is he shoots threes, and he's done that throughout his career, right? 38% as a career right. three-point shooter. That's always been a thing that's been part of his game. And he also uh, is six foot eight, which the Raptors notably lack players with those dimensions after the trades of the last month. And, you know, I don't think he's a particularly good defender at the moment. You know, he can kind of get blown by a little slow going laterally. But what he brings offensively certainly helps, certainly fits around what the Raptors are trying to do on the offensive end. Very much fits into 0.5 basketball and all that with the decision making he can do. And yeah, I, I'm fully in on seeing a little bit more here, giving him some, you know, plenty of run from now to the end of the season. Two games does not a future decision make, but, uh, you know, you'll go into the offseason with his bird rights. You know, maybe you can get him to some sort of deal where you kick him some guaranteed money. Maybe it's not a massive deal. Maybe it comes in at like, I don't know, eight million bucks or something like that. Zeke Naji money is the num- is the sort of number that comes to mind as you wear your Den- Denver Nuggets paraphernalia. Um, you know, that maybe that's the kind of thing you can get him on board for and kind of have him be part of the mix as a rotation piece going forward. Certainly worth giving him plenty of run between now and the end of the year to see just what's there. And, you know, it'll be fascinating to see kind of where he slots in once the team gets healthy. I do think as like a bench wing, though, playing alongside Grady Dick, there's something there. Like with those two dudes, the shooting they bring, and one of my very favorite fun parts of this game, I think there's something there. Let's get to that. 
one of the things I love from this game, the Bruce Brown, Dennis Schroeder, savvy backcourt duo. Uh, of course, both starting in this game and putting in pretty good performances. Schroeder with 16 and 10. Uh, Bruce Brown, 19, 7, 3, 3, and 2 on 7 to 13 shooting. Just a really excellent do-it-all, jack-of-all-trades type game for Bruce Brown. And yeah, they've been starting and probably a little overextended in that job. You know, Bruce Brown had a pretty rough first half last night. I know the Lockdown Raptors Discord was like, get this guy out of here after that first half. I was thrilled to be, uh, you know, on, on the right side of history with my Bruce Brown propaganda with the way that second half did, you know, played out. And those two dudes working in a bench unit with Grady Dick, Jordan Wara. I think there's something there, man. I, I I don't think I said this on yesterday's show as well. There doesn't need to be a rush to go move off of Bruce Brown just because you can trade him. There's plenty of opportunity to move him down the line if that suits your fancy. But I also think having a connective guard like him playing in second units with a guy like Grady Dick with Jordan Wara, more of your developmental pieces alongside Dennis Schroeder, that gives like a pretty high floor to second units. No, Jamar? Yeah, and specifically for this game, I thought that Bruce did a great job in the third quarter of basically him and Schroeder both of basically hunting mismatches. And anytime that Vucevic was on anybody, really, <laughs> they kind of they kind of went at him. Um, Bruce got a uh, got really going when that switch happened, and he was able to get a couple of drives off of Vucevic, and then. Even when Drummond was on him, he was able to shoot a three over him. I feel like that's what really got him going. But yeah, he was he was active on the defensive end with the three steals and uh yeah, they had three steals and the two blocks. And yeah. it's probably probably Bruce's best game overall, I wanna say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, his he, first one was pretty nice, but yeah, I was yeah, about to say his first game was pretty, pretty solid as well. But yeah, I just like that kind of helped the Raptors come back in the third quarter because they tried by as many as sixteen, which is nothing in today's NBA. But <laughs> yeah, that just the, just the hunting mismatches and getting into the paint because they scored a lot in the paint in the third quarter, and that's kind of how it got started. So shout out to Bruce Brown for that yesterday. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, the other thing I thought really popped in this game, and look, this was not the best scoring night for Scotty Barnes, obviously, just 13 points for him. They were doubling him pretty aggressively. Uh, you know, he had the five turnovers as well, which, you know, I think we're to be expecting the sort of inflated turnover totals. A, as he gets acclimatized to being a number one, and B, as he's doing so without Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, and Yaka Pertle in the lineup to help kind of take some of the burden off playmaking-wise. Um, but I thought Scotty did a really good job in this game of not forcing things when his shot wasn't falling. Like he didn't go and, you know, put up 21 shots or anything like that. He was just kind of taking what the defense gave him in a lot of cases. And, you know, how many times did he find Fad Young seeping into space for big buckets? I mean, they basically clinched this game with such plays sort of, you know, you know, materializing on the floor. I thought this was a really nice Scotty Barnes game. And I think in general, Jamar. The thing I'm feeling from these last couple of games as we've started to see this team settle in a little bit, you know, obviously still waiting for their three starters to come back, but other good things happening is I do think there's a recipe here for a pretty fun, interesting, and perhaps even positive finish to the season with the return of the starters because it's just going to make everything easier for everyone, right? There's a lot of good things happening out there on the offensive end in particular. They're getting to the rim a ton. I have a little on that coming up later on in the show. 
Um, but I, I just think like Scotty's burden gets so much easier when you have quickly in his vertical spacing and, uh, you know, there's the extra quick fire offense he brings, the finishing that Barrett brings, the sort of base that a quickly purtle pick and roll combination in two man game gives your offense from which things can flow. It knocks Bruce Brown and Dennis Schroeder down to that bench role I talked about. It, you know, makes it so you're not depending on Jordan War to come in and bury a bunch of threes for you. I think this is just kind of almost like a deep team all of a sudden. Maybe not a good team, but certainly one that is competitive and is going to have a lot of juice, I think, going down the stretch to at least make it entertaining and compelling and not the sort of depressing slog we've seen since Jakob Proto went out of the lineup. Do you agree? I do agree. And Warriors breakout over the last couple games kind of, yeah, it makes it a little, makes the team a little bit deeper. And then Bruce Brown being the Swift Army knife where you could put him at each wing position and, and stuff like that, that helps. So, yeah, I'd like to see the team now kind of fully healthy with the three guys back and see what kind of rotations that Darko runs with. But even you could mention even, um, even Jonte Porter. Yeah, so it would be interesting. Um, he's dealing with a few issues at the moment because he had the um, he had the eye issues and he had the back spasms yesterday because mm-hmm. I think he played only a couple, a handful of minutes and then left. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see what kind of rotation Darko runs out with when they're fully healthy, whatever game that is. I don't know the status on quickly and Barrett. I know Pertle's quick. I mean, I mean Pertle's close to returning, but I don't mm-hmm. know about the other two. Yeah, we'll see. Um, also, just like you mentioned, the vibes, they seem to be back a little bit. And that's uh, they were better thing. Vibes yeah. are uh, like half the battle in the NBA, I think, uh, is sort of my growing theory. We'll come back on the other side, get into Gary Trent Jr., who was fantastic in this game, has been pretty awesome throughout the month of January. And of course, has a big decision hanging over him and the team over the next eight days ahead of the trade deadline. We'll get into Gary Trent Jr.'s future outlook coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our dear pals over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire or taking part in the Locked On Raptors Listener League in which I'm getting cooked by injuries, come back, Desmond Bain. Come back, Avita Zubats, please. Either way, we're going to give you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster all season long each and every week. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Lots of names being tossed out. We saw Io Desunmu last night filling in for the injured Zach Levine and Pat Williams. We're not going to go him, though. We're going to go Aaron Neesmith from the list that our pal Josh Lloyd has laid out. Of course, Neesmith now playing alongside Pascal Siakam. You know playing next to Pascal Siakam is going to get you lots of wide-open shots. Neesmith's awesome. He's a guy I really wish the Raptors had gotten in the Pascal Siakam trade. Alas, he's playing with Siakam, and it's pretty darn cool to watch. And he is going to be on the floor because he's one of the very few good defensive players. The efficiency's up. It's all there. Go pick up Aaron Neesmith, and you might have yourself some success with him on your fantasy basketball team this week. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
We continue on here with your first listen of the day. Jamar Hines along as we push forth with our review of the Toronto Raptors. 118-107 win over the Chicago Bulls to pull to a meager 17-30 and on the season. It's kind of gotten away from them quickly, hasn't it? But that's all right because the play-in race is back on, baby. We'll get into that later on as well. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Look, I am going to be a little piggy at the trough, slurping up this nasty, nasty play-in race between all these very bad teams, Jamar, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and all the listeners will, I suppose, as well. Let's talk about Gary Trent Jr., shall we? Led the team in scoring last night. 24 points, 5 boards, and assist to steal. 9 of 15 from the field. 6 of 11 from deep. Over the course of the month of January, he's shooting 51% from 3 on 6 attempts per game. And you can look at this two ways. You can look at it as, ooh, he's ballooning his trade value going into the February 8th deadline, or he's ballooning his stock as a future piece with the Toronto Raptors. Jamar, I ask you, what side of that are you on? Do you want to see him moved? And are you happy to see that he's played so well to potentially juice up that return? Or are you maybe looking at Gary Trent Jr. and his three-point shooting and the way he's performed as a starter for this team and thinking, huh? Maybe this is a guy for the long haul. Where are you at with Gary Trent Jr.? I feel like I'm cool either way, but yeah. just looking at the, and I hate to do the whole timeline thing, but that is apparent in today's NBA where sure. he matches with uh, the timeline of an RJ who's 23 or quickly who's 24. Gary's only 25. It feels like he's older than that because he's been, it feels like he's been in the NBA forever, even going back uh. to Portland. But yeah, he's only 25 years old. So yeah, if, the way he played at the beginning of the season definitely lowered what the potential contract would be c coming from a guy who was averaging 18 points two seasons ago and then 17 points last year. So it's, it's only 12 right now, but then his minutes have also been down. But yeah, the shooting, he's shooting 42% from three now. And when you go to January, only Grayson Allen's been shooting better from three. So he's definitely found that rhythm. Um, the shootout practice yesterday between him and and um auto porter was cool <laughs> but yeah i i could see that going either way yeah he's he is raising his trade value right now but for a team that's complained about not having shooting for so long well not the team we have been complaining about the team not having shooting for we've so been long. in a desert just hoping for an oasis of three-point shooting man it's been grim so yeah i i guess beggars can't be traitors <laughs> and that, I don't know. I don't know, man. I know it's beggars can't be choosers, but I I, I switched it up a little bit. No, okay? no, we'll rock right. with it. I mean, I started this podcast with Michael Jordan Wara and Jordan Scora as my intro, so you're fine okay. with the yeah. uh, you so, know turns of phrase. You're good. Yeah, I, it's just I, it's still not that used to having reliable three point shooting. I'm with Gary on such a heater. It, it's. I'm not the quickest guy in the world to trade him, but I kind of understand it. I guess I wonder what Gary's thinking in terms of him even wanting to stay or go because uh, he still has a pretty big role right now, but mm -hmm. it's not the role that he's had the last two seasons because he's had to juggle between starting and coming off the bench a lot, whereas the two previous seasons, uh, well, last year he started two-thirds of the games and then Two years ago, when the Raptors made the playoffs as a five seed, he started 69 of 70 games. So it's not the same type of role, mm -hmm. but I don't think Gary Trent's a bona fide starter for the, a bunch of other teams in the NBA. So maybe just, you know, from an individual standpoint, 
maybe he sees Toronto as somewhere he wants to stay. I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm cool with either one, to be honest. I don't really have a strong opinion in either direction. Come on, Jamar. This is podcasting. You got to have a strong <laughs> take, man. What are we doing? No, uh, I, I think um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Hey, man, that's uh, that's fine. It's Gary Trent Jr. is not someone who engenders strong feelings one way or another. I suppose that's totally fair um, for me. It ultimately, as with any trade, comes down to the return. And basically, right. I kind of boil it down like this. If you can get a first round pick for Gary Trent Jr., I think you probably move on from him. You know, obviously not all first round picks are made equal. If you're getting the 28th pick in this year's draft, when you already have all of the picks at the back end of this year's first round, uh, maybe that's not moving the needle for me all that much. If you can get a further off pick from like the Lakers or something like that, then maybe you can justify it. That said, the Lakers might be too far gone to justify trading for Gary Trent Jr., who I do not think is saving their season or anything. Um, but if you're not getting a first round pick back for Gary Trent Jr., which I frankly think is probably unlikely at this point, considering he's an expiring guy and one dimensional three point shooters are kind of the most easy to find type of player in today's NBA. Those dudes are all over the place. You can get Malik Beasley on the minimum and put him on the the contending bucks and you have yourself a nice piece. I don't know if you're going to go and get yourself enough of a return to justify not just keeping Gary Trent Jr. around. I don't think his next contract is going to be an albatross or anything like that. I think he's probably going to get something like mid-level exception money, whether it's from the Raptors or some other team. And if you're only getting a couple seconds, I think, you know, the preference for me would be keep him, try to, you know, see if you can sign him in the summer. And if he walks, you get that cap relief or whatever people really like when the cap gets more money available. Um, You know, the cap freaks out there will, will rejoice if you get that extra money off the books. And so I kind of think unless you're blown away, he fits this team. He is conducive to the development of this team. He's conducive to the development of Scotty Barnes as a lead creator, because, you know, if you look back at history, his numbers playing with Scotty Barnes have like universally been very, very good. Those two have a great connection with one another and their games complement each other. I, I don't think you can have too much shooting. And, you know, all of a sudden there's this abundance of shooting on the team maybe not an abundance, but more than there has been in the past. And Sorry, I didn't mean to get too hyperbolic there. Um, But yeah, I think unless you're getting like a substantial, you know, okay, we can turn this into an impact player return. I think it's probably more wise to just hang on to him and, and see how long can kind of stretch this run of really strong play out. 52, 52% three point shooters in the starting lineup do not come around every day. And uh, you know, as much as he doesn't do a ton else, to sort of affect winning night to night, I think the shooting is is good enough that you can justify keeping him around and, and having him be part of the plans going forward. I'm not in any rush to move on from Gary Trent Jr. If he's playing like this, man, it's been pretty fun. Uh, we'll come back on the other side, Jamar, and round it out with the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we round out every game recap episode of this here podcast after a Raptors game. We will do that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Linked. In at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? Of course, many NBA GMs are asking this question going into next week. 
as well. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many different hats, it might not that you might not have the time to go and do the time it takes to properly hire for your team. Thankfully, LinkedIn makes the process super intuitive, quick, and easy for you. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we round out your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors here with Jamar Hines with the good, the bad, and the hmm. Before we dive in, just a heads up, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 is your all-day streaming channel on YouTube where all of the Locked On national shows and the local shows covering the biggest stories in sports are on a constant, continuous loop, baby. Lots of great NBA trade deadline stuff and big NBA stories and scoring booms and all that stuff being covered over there, not to mention the NFL playoffs and the big game, which is coming up, as I understand it, in a couple of weeks. I think I'm very sorry to our Detroit listeners out there. Uh, Again, I'm not totally in the loop on football, but I know the Lions lost and uh, that makes me sad. Uh, Either way, let's dive on in to the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we round out every single episode of the pod here after a game, a thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got us a little intrigued from the most recent Toronto Raptors basketball game. Jamar, I'll begin with you as the guest. What's your good from this game? So I don't, I never really follow the rules on this. I'm just going to rapid fire every good that I have that we haven't mentioned (laughs) yet because I don't want to leave things out. Sure, sure. First good, got to give Thad Young a little bit of a shout out. Uh, Hell yeah, you he's do. been the ultimate professional this season. Obviously, this is the waning years of his career. Ha, you know, a lot of it's been used being a mentor, uh, and he's finally getting a little bit of minutes because of injury situation. He's being played way out of position at center, battling with the seven but, footers. But that's the Trump position and... he's always been best at the last yep. five years. Small ball five. That's where he this cooks, man. Yeah, that, that this is also true. This is also true. And you, you mentioned earlier that Scotty found him on a on a bunch of uh, little cuts to the rim and, to to kind of close out this game. And actually, one of those plays was my one of, was one of my favorites. Um, it was almost like a '90s defense the Bulls was playing. <laughs> Everybody was like had like probably one foot or maybe one foot out of the paint, and they were all just watching Scotty. Mm-hmm. The, the spacing defensively was hilarious to look at and yeah all five eyes were on scotty and then he does this underhand kind of assist like bowling type of assist to that still mm-hmm. threading the needle i think that put the raptors up 113 106 with under two minutes left to kind of isis so that was one of my favorite plays of the game also raptors um 30th straight game with 25 or more assists 
Yeah. Uh, that ties the 1984-85 Lakers for the longest streak in NBA history. Did I know about this streak two, three weeks ago? No. But now that I do, it's pretty cool. Also, one more thing. The Raptors, despite being small and shorthanded, they out-rebounded an opponent, which is huge about Jakob Proto. They out-rebounded an opponent for the first time in five games. The last time they did that was their last win. I guess that comes hand-in-hand hand when they beat Miami. So. That's a lot of really good goods. Uh, I'm glad you went rapid fire because there is a lot of good stuff to be gleaned from this one. Yeah, the, the, the Bulls broadcast calling Thad Thadjik Johnson last night. Love it. Beautiful. We love the Bulls broadcast. It's very, very good and very apt considering six dimes, man. He's just diamond dudes up. He's playing point guard for stretches. It's awesome. We love Thad Young in these parts. And I say that trade was worth it. I don't need no Walker Kessler. I don't need no Malachi Brandon. We got Thad Young, baby. Um, my good from this game, Jamar, is the Raptors shot profile. They're kind of quietly putting together a pretty good sort of shot map since January 1st. Of course, a very sort of fractured month with, with a little Pascal, no Pascal, Yak in the lineup, no Yak in the lineup, quickly Barrett out, etc. Jordan Scora coming in and taking over. You know, it's been a very weird month of Raptors basketball. But overall, this team's living at the rim. In this game against the Perkley in the glass, they got to the rim 41% of the time. That's an 83rd percentile mark. They had a game earlier this month where they got to the rim, I think, 57% of the time, which was the single most frequent rim attempt night in an NBA game this season, Perkley in the glass. Uh, they're living there. And right now, over the last month, since January 1st, Raptors are number five in the league in at-rim frequency. They're not finishing with great aplomb there right now, kind of middle of the pack, but they're getting there a ton. That leads to good things, obviously, not just scoring at the rim, but creating kickouts and you know second-side opportunities. And in the last month, they are number eight in, I think, a pretty telling stat on cleaning the glass, which is location-effective field goal percentage, which is essentially if you shot league average from where you're taking your shots – what would your effective field goal percentage look like? And uh, right now, number eight in the league in terms of uh, just the overall quality of the shots the Raptors are taking per clean the glass. That is very nice. And one would assume that once you get Pirtle and quickly and bear it back in the mix, that really good shot diet is going to translate to a higher overall effective field goal percentage, which is very cool to me. We love it. All right. What's your bad from this game? Yeah, I feel for a rebuilding team and having a bad and a win that they weren't expected to win is really nitpicky. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to start by saying that. But with that being said, uh, I thought Dennis was a kind of a little bit of some careless turnovers. He, he finished sure. with six turnovers, albeit his assist to turnover ratio, I believe, is still the best of his career. Mm -hmm. I'm just picking something for the sake of picking something. Um, also, actually, come to think of it, <laughs> Uh, this really improved throughout the game, but in the first quarter, too many points in the paint. But mm -hmm. I'll I'll flip the battle for good because um the the paint defense really was big down the in the second half, which helped the Raptors come back. Man, Scotty at the rim is a thing. Uh, he had no blocks in this game, but he's everywhere contesting everything, and that kind of go back goes back to my first point in the first segment as well, or one of my first points about how getting the main guys back as well is going to have these sort of downstream effects to sort of, I think, ratchet up this team's upside and a big downstream effect of getting quickly and Barrett back. Now also having Brown and Schroeder is you're not going to have to have Scotty guard on the perimeter very often at all. 
you're going to be able to have him in that low man spot where he is an absolute terror as a shot blocker. And so uh, pretty excited about what that could mean for the Raptors defense, which has not been very good. We've been talking a lot about offense. The defense not so good since January 1st, 24th, I think, in the league. But either way, um, my bad is actually a good. Uh, We're on the same wavelength here. Having a, you know, it's a thing that should have been bad that ended up being good. And that is the lineup that rolled out at the last part of the third quarter, the final three minutes, a lineup of Garrett Temple, Jordan Wara, Grady Dick, Jalen McDaniels, and Thad Young. You roll that lineup out there, no Barnes, no Schroeder, no Brown, and I'm there like, oh, God, are they trying to lose this game? It's like the first (laughs) inclination of, oh, no, they're actually trying to tank. But no, that lineup goes a plus six in the last three minutes as Wara goes nuts, and the Toronto Raptors uh, bolster a really, really good third quarter with that. Awesome stuff again, that young McDaniels King stuff. Yeah, McDaniels, McDaniels made good. two. He made two threes. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the second time this whole season where he's made multiple threes in a game. Because normally when he shoots threes, I'm like, why? <laughs> he was a plus six in this game. That entire plus six from that three minute stretch to close the third quarter with that should have been bad, but turned out to be good lineup. What is your hmm for this one, Jamar? Well, you teased it a little bit, and I kind of rolled my eyes. But this play, this is see, this is where I'm not a big fan of the play-in. And some seasons it makes sense. <laughs> Don't be I, a hater; it's cool. And <laughs> some seasons I, I can get it when you know teams are like bunched up. But then you have crap like this, where Atlanta's <laughs> seven games under 500 as the 10 seed, Brooklyn's eight games under 500 as the nine uh, as the 11 seed, and the Raptors are only three games behind the Hawks, 13 games under 500. This is one of those. Like there should be some sort of stipulation in place where if the teams are too far behind, then just screw it. But like, what what are we doing here, man? I mean, I get it for the West. The West has a bunch of teams bunched up together, like the Lakers, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Rockets. The East is it's a joke, man. Just just cut it off at the eight teams. Say, like even Chicago, leave them out too. Although Orlando is trying to make is is kind of closing the gap here because they've been struck, they've been falling off. But Miami was, too, man. They're bad too, maybe. We'll see. The East playing is a joke. When you're when you're playing basically 400 basketball and still having a chance to make the you know fight for a playoff spot, it's like at this point, it's like, what are we doing here? It reminds me. But then I go back and I think of I think it was what the 04 season, and obviously there was years before I you know started watching ball and whatnot. But I believe the Celtics made the playoffs with like a 36 and 46 record, and that, and that was what before playing even existed. Mm-hmm. So it has happened before. It's not like this is the first time it's happened. But the fact that we're just you know like playing in April between I don't know the Nets and the Bulls or something. It's like what is this? So I you know it's going to happen. Are a hater. Just an absolute hater of fun, low stakes, stupid basketball. This I've been pounding this drum. I don't like bad teams being rewarded, man. They're not going to get rewarded. They're going to get spanked in the first round by the Celtics anyway. There's no upside for these teams. The reward is, oh, no, we just got bludgeoned by Boston. But that's the beauty of it, baby. It's low stakes. It doesn't really mean anything. But you have these four kind of bad teams, maybe very bad teams, battling it out in what should be entertaining and kind of sloppy and stupid basketball. And they're actually going to be trying down the stretch instead of just trying to lose basketball games to boost their lotto wads. Give me that all day, baby. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait 
for there's also rumbling high stakes Raptors Nets games. It's gonna be rad. <laughs> there's also rumblings around that Chicago's not even planning to make a major trade and they're just gonna stay the course. So this is the other thing is this glorious race might inspire teams like the Nets or Hawks or Bulls to do really stupid win now trades, which is delicious. <laughs> we should want this. This is what we want. We want competitive spirit, baby. We want these teams trying down the stretch. We don't want them to be the Hornets or the Wizards. Give me the play in. Give me this stupid race. It was also my hmm, but for the total opposite reason of you, it's awesome. I'm fully on board with this nasty, grimy, sloppy, disgusting race for the nine and ten seeds in the Eastern Conference. All these adjectives. Are you sure you're not a hater too? Because you're using no, no, no. This is the thing. I'm a little piggy. Put me at the trough. Give me that slop. I want it. I I'm a man who grew up watching very bad Toronto Raptors teams. I got joy of watching Mike James gun for 20 points a game. I can get down in the mud and enjoy some nasty ball, man. It's the it's the joy of again the competitive spirit. They're not playing for anything important, but they're still playing for something. And that to me is better than just like resting guys because their ankles have boo-boos and closing out the season trying to yeah, lose games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay not to okay. mention the Raptors like, there's no real incentive to try to lose all these games. The worst they no. can do is finish with the six best lotto odds, at which point they will have a 45% chance of even keeping their pick. And so at that point, just let the chips fall where they will, play with this kind of fun, spunky, vibes-ridden team. Vibes-ridden, that sounds bad, but it's supposed to be good. And let them see where the chips fall. I'm cool with it. Give me this stupid race. It's the best, uh, and you're a hater. There... And you'll, you'll come around. Everyone's going to come around in this dumb play-in race, I promise. When it comes to the Raptors, is there even an incentive to keep their pick? Because if they if say they are the six, like say they get like the six pick and they end up mm. keeping the pick, doesn't it move to next year's draft? Being? Yeah, I mean, you get a good young top six player to add to your team, which is good. But I am also of the mind that just I'm just talking about a weak draft, but yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, weak drafts also yield good players. So maybe we're overplaying the weakness of the draft. You know, if they get a top six pick, I'm not going to like, cry about it i'm not gonna have a tantrum okay. but I, I also think that there is a benefit to just getting the pick off the books going forward and having all your picks available going into the summer i, I think there's uh, lots of value to that as well especially considering they have surplus picks in the back part of the first round and the start of the second round as well um so yeah you'll come around everyone's going to come around in the magic of the playing race people loved it way back in what was it oh one oh two vince carter gets hurt the Raptors aren't very good, and they go on a crazy run to close the season. Everybody loved that, man. Seasons. Yeah, yeah, right. You're trying to have stuff fun. And things almost, you remember. and almost Detroit almost upset Detroit in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs fans will remember going on that run with J.S. Alban as their goalie back in 05-06, I think it was, and losing on the last day of the season, or actually not even losing, having a, like, Wade Dublowitz, I'm just pulling names out now. Yeah, you uh, completely <laughs> lost me. <laughs> Wade Dublowitz for the Islanders, saving it in a shootout to kill the, the Leafs' playoff chances. That was still a fun run, trying to get in the postseason. It's cool when your team's trying to win something even if it's not a championship. And we will remember this glorious play and race for the rest of time, damn it. Uh, all right, we'll leave it there before I get too hot and bothered up here. Uh, <laughs> if you have anything you want to promote, now is the time, good sir. Yes, uh, Jamar BH, my Twitter link. Uh, my Raptors Republic stuff, there's a link there for it. I have a preview of Friday's game, you know, playing Fred Van Vliet for the first time. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. was asked if it would feel weird to see Fred again. He was like, it's never going to feel weird. You just, just from a personal <laughs> standpoint, just, you know, 
Hope he's good. Hope he's okay and everything like that. And the Rockets are a fun team. Dylan Brooks is still talking trash to LeBron and winning while doing it. Uh, they're right in the midst of the playoff uh, play-in race, which makes a lot more sense in the West. But... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got a preview for the Rockets game, and I got a preview for the Thunder game, which will also be pretty fun. It's always fun to see SGA, so that's coming out on Sunday. Awesome. Hey, man, I was asking you in the Gary Trent Jr. segment to have a hard take. I'm glad you had a hard take on this one. Even though it's the wrong take, it's fine. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find me over on the website that's busted at Woodley Sean, Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, Discord, link in the description. Come hang out and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort out what the best nickname for Jordan Wara is. Is it Jordan Scora? Is it Michael Jordan Wara? We'll see. Uh, do you have a pick on that, by the way, Jamar, to, to close us out? I like the first one. All right, uh, Jordan Scora, it is. It's canon now, uh, as is it's canon that the Thad Young trade is good and we can't complain about it anymore. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Thursday another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.